Welcome to The Worst Writer in the World, a podcast in which we read stories to you. This is the fifth episode of Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs, which includes Chapter 8 by me. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchleaf, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. So, how's it going, Howard? How's it going, Howard? That's my nickname, everybody, in case uh, you're wondering <laughs> yeah. what it was. Welcome to uh, the Gret Binchleaf thing with How's It Going, Howard? And, and... Really Rockin' Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's the question and the answer, isn't it? How's mm. it going, Howard? Really Rockin', really rockin Rufus. Rufus. So you might remember last week after... after no, because no, I've no. got my Kurskov syndrome. I don't remember anything. Well, last week after your... Um, chapter bombshell, I, yeah. after your bombshell I said I was going to write a shorter chapter you did and say I, I was going to definitely I was going to write a nice short one so that I didn't have to spend every second of the whole week writing and like getting really tense yeah. and exhausted yeah and then you sent me a text um, um, from Wednesday yeah from, Quite a while from ago. work where, where, I, where, said, I was, where I was furiously working on it well you did say um, your chapter was going to be like one of mine which I took yes I took it in a bad way. I took it to mean that it was going to be incomprehensible. No, no, it's a, in a good way, um, I think. It could have meant many things, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, or well, maybe it means that you, you've got 50% boob references in it. <laughs> no, not that way. Not no. that, no. No, it's, it, like, it, the way I meant like yours was that it jumps around a lot, yeah. although it has got less since then. But okay, at the well, time it was a lot, but it's still a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, a lot of it happens outside. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's not just two people in a room having a very, very long conversation yeah. to explain what happened last time. So well, it's more wondered, like yours. I wondered how you were going to get them indoors after I, <laughs> I, I climaxed it outside. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, miles away from any yeah, rooms. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I mean, there is still a bit in a room, yeah. so it's not all outdoors. But Certainly, they were in a room. Yeah, a room grew around them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but someone, someone grabs the genie, rubs his head and said, I wish we were indoors. The genie died, and they all sat there and had a conversation for eight pages. Yeah, an inescapable room. <laughs> yeah. So the whole of the... Everything, all plays out inside the same room forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, it, that's... It was it was those two things. It was the being outside and the jumping around a lot. Jumping. Uh, it was a bit more a bit more action than my usual chapters. Not not a lot more. There's still a lot of talking in there. Yeah, but it's a lot shorter. You've heard a really short well, chapter. Well, you? that's that's the second thing that yeah. happened. Obviously, um, no, I completely failed. I've written the longest chapter I've ever written. Okay, so the plot so far. Gret Binchleaf has become embroiled in a thrilling crab venture involving wigwams, space wizards, and an ancient Egyptian genie from America. Yeah. However, after releasing the genie from his sarcophagus prison, the narrative left Gret behind for a couple of chapters, and no one knows what has happened to him since. What we do know is that Genie the Genie emailed everyone in the world to grant them wishes, but the magnitude of magic he then had to perform completely frazzled his chips, and now, if he grants one more wish, he will also get all dead and stuff. This fact has caused a race to rub the genie among a bunch of clearly quite mean and selfish people. Firstly, Susan Cheesinabag, the world-renowned consulting detective and queen of the rats. Secondly, the two space wizards, who have just come from sitting in a pelvis for five and a half thousand years and also, surprisingly, turned out to be French, despite the fact that they are three thousand years older than anything that could reasonably be called France. 
And thirdly, Steve Crabs, also known as Inuku, the ancient Egyptian crab of making gods go big, or something. What happened to Gret Binchleaf, and where has he been for three years? Who will rub the genie first and get their wish? And what is it that Susan Cheesenabag wants so much that she's willing to live in a sewer with a bunch of rats to get it? Is Jimbley really all dead and stuff? Or will something completely unexpected happen to bring her back? <laughs> Find out now in Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs. Um, all right, so I couldn't decide on a title for this chapter, so it's got three. Uh, Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs, chapter eight, Unforgrettable. Or, Don't You Forget About Me. Good. Or, I Forgot to Turn the Oven Off. <laughs> Gret stared at the open sarcophagus. For once in his life, he was totally speechless. I'm totally speechless, he said. He was, <laughs> he was a children's magician, albeit one who refused to do magic for children. He wasn't cut out for ancient sarcophagi and game show genies with unfeasibly long beards. He felt like a man with no cucumber at a bring-your-own-cucumber party. Go on, make a wish. You can have anything, Binchleaf. You could change the world, make it a better place, make everyone equal, give them all a cookie. I don't know how... To... <clears throat> That's a great Binchley voice, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to make the world better. I don't know what's wrong with the world. I don't even read the newspaper, except sometimes that bit near the back about a talking dog with a hat on. And even that gets quite confusing sometimes. Like, yesterday, he took his hat off. I didn't know what was going on. Come on, Gret, haven't you ever dreamed of having the power and influence of a god and what you would do with it? No, I, I usually dream I'm being chased by a boob monster. It's a monster that's made of boobs. Gret had never told anyone of his secret fear of boobs before. In fact, he spent a lot of time pretending to really like them. Look, I'm the last person who should be made a god. I can't even put trousers on without help. Gret pointed at the trousers which he was still wearing on his head. The idea that he would one day become a god was terrifying. The memories of himself in a palace, surrounded by his interns, or slaves as everyone else called them, were alien and unappealing. He would have believed they were someone else's memories, except that he could also remember seeing a brand new invention called a mirror. It's too much responsibility, he said. I'll make a mess of it. Seriously, I'm the last person who should be given power over other people's lives. The very last. You should give everyone else in the world a wish before you give one to me. The genie smiled. Your wish, he said, is granted. Ah, oh. Gret was confused. He wished Susan was there to explain the situation to him at great length. He was starting to think that, maybe, he shouldn't have ignored her screams as she fell down that open manhole. Ah well, he thought, she was probably dead in a sewer covered in rats. He might as well start getting over her. What are you on about? Gret asked the genie. I'll grant everyone a wish, except you, the genie explained. I just hope this modern world has some kind of communications technology that'll make it easier for me. I'm a fucking genie, not Santa Claus. Hang on, I've changed my mind, said Gret. I wish I had a massive knob. <laughs> Too late, Binchleaf. You don't get another wish until everyone else in the world has had theirs. Hey, if I'm feeling generous, I might even grant some people three. But why are you being so mean to me? I thought we were friends. Friends, said the genie. Friends? You thought we were friends? The genie seemed to have got bigger and greener. Mm. Um, yes. Uh, we used to race flying camels, remember? And we used to sit and watch the interns build the pyramids and bet on which one would die of exhaustion next. But you always used to win because you had that gun. <laughs> we were friends. 
Yeah, and then you locked me in a dark sarcophagus for five and a half thousand years, okay. and you didn't even give me a book to read. So why, when he comes out, does he offer him a wish, then? That's just, he's a genie. That's what genies do. Oh, okay. That's, like, automatic. Oh, it's his Tourette's, isn't it? And you didn't even give me a book to read. There weren't any books. It was ancient Egypt. At best, I could have given you some sand to read, and you can't read sand. It hasn't got any words on it. You could have wished books into existence. I'm a fucking genie. You could have wished for all kinds of things to make my life easier. Most genies live in bottles. I get crammed into a sarcophagus so tight I can't even scratch my gonads. You know what it's like to have an itchy gonad for 5,000 years? I can't say that I do, said Gret, honestly. Now it's time to make things even, said the genie, then raised his magic stick at Gret and unceremoniously killed him. Oh, hey! <laughs> so that's where he's gone. It to, certainly to, looks to that heaven. way. It was a cold February morning in March, the kind of day when going outside is like being rubbed with a wet penguin. <laughs> Susan Cheesenabag and Despacey Wizra were standing somberly in a memorial yard outside the chapel where they'd just cremated Gret Binchleaf. That's pretty hard to come back from, isn't it? Cremation. Absolutely, he's been cremated. Mm. Today, said the space wizard. I'm going to glue him back together in my <laughs> chapter. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of glue. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. You know what's happening in your chapter yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> Someone glues Gret back together. Yeah. I wonder if anyone's ever tried that. Like someone got really upset when they cremated their grandma and, and got the glue out. <laughs> That's not how cremating works, though, is it? Cremating isn't like cutting someone up into small parts. No, it's not. <laughs> but I mean, but they are there are small parts at the oh, end yeah. of it, and you can glue them together. <laughs> yeah, you can certainly glue some dust together. Yeah. Gret eventually yeah. from now on will be a kind of like black ball. Yeah, yeah, of glue and, yeah. and ash. Yeah. <laughs> okay, today said the space wizard, we say goodbye to my main dude. Greta Titi Binch Ra. Without him, I literally would not be here. Because this is like his funeral and shit. <laughs> Ding dong, the Binch was dead. Fully dead and cremated and no part of him was cryogenically frozen and no one had kept some of his DNA for future cloning. Gret Binchleaf was no more. Like a piece of carrot that rolls under the fridge then gets eaten by wild fridge rabbits, Gret was digested. Mm. His piggy bank was empty. His crisps had been sat on. His bag was not for life. Let us come together and give thanks to the mighty Atum. Susan Cheese in a Bag s- <laughs> yeah. Susan Cheese in a Bag sniffed and some snot came out and dripped on the grass. <laughs> That's the one you like. You like that? Yeah. I like snot. Yeah. At the base of the... Sim- I want to know how it got there, though, because like, she's got a sheet on her head, hasn't she? So, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't just no, like, roll down her sheet. No, it's just dropped out. Cause she's her wearing a handkerchief, the... basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly it, what it, it's for. If it drops out and then goes down and the sheet's kind of billowing outwards, oh, I think okay. I think it's possible. Certainly there's a good chance it'll get caught on the sheet, but on this occasion, it dropped on the grass. It's a paradox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 right, that, chapter chapter nine. How the, how the snot escaped the sheet. That's what mine's going to be all about. <laughs> yeah, OK. I'm not Looking forward to that. Yeah. The adventure of the snot. Not sure what the sheep are doing in there. That's a bit weird. <laughs> right, so Susan Cheese in a Bag sniffed and some snot came out and dripped on the grass. At the base of the simple headstone that Susan had paid for, inscribed with the words, Gret Binchleaf, not sleeping, only dead. <laughs> hold, hold on, said Susan. Who on earth is Atom? Atom was the creator. He masturbated the world into existence. He did what? <laughs> Hey, stupid, said the space wizard. Don't you even know how the world was created? 
Atom sat on a rock and gave himself a handgasm. <laughs> and the world splooged out of his penis. That's why it's that's why it's called a penis, because he peened us out of it. <clears throat> Interestingly, uh, most of that is true. Um, the, the god Atom in the Egyptian um, uh, creation myth... No. Atom masturbated the world into existence. No, it's not. It is. That bit's true. It isn't. It, it, it totally is. Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, where you've put that up. <laughs> check out Egyptian creation anyone, anyone can edit Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. No, check out... Uh, you should have uh, mentioned Dispacey Wizard as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and Nuku. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, check out check out Egyptian creation myths on on uh, it's the Heliopolis myth. Not all, there's like three different myths. Um, check out the Heliopolis Heliopolis myth, uh, and you'll find out that Atom masturbated the world into existence. Okay, and also do go on Wikipedia and try and insert <laughs> Greg Benchleaf into as many Wikipedia um, absolutely, and, as and you let can find. us know. Mm. So, um, and obviously also to Spacey Wizrar if you can get him in, yeah, and, you can spell him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And maybe you can hire him. Well, you can spell him because it's just Space Wizard rearranged, isn't yeah. it? In fact, not even very much rearranged. I noticed after you told me that, after I didn't even get that, <laughs> and you had to tell me that it was an anagram of Space Wizard. I looked at it. and It's like, yeah, you've just moved one letter. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, that's all you've done. How did I miss that? <laughs> Yeah, um, and obviously we'd like to see an, an Inuku page linked to uh, mm. the Egyptian gods stuff. So uh, get on it. Um, yeah, so uh, that's why it's called a penis, because he peened us out of it. Um, you know, I think Gret is that, was a, is that in the uh, Wikipedia? Uh, no, no, that, that, that's, that's why uh, they're called penises because he peened us out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it will be once one of our listeners puts it in. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think Gret was a Catholic, said Susan. Perhaps we should be giving him a Christian funeral. I don't like all that Chris Jesus stuff. It's dumb. You believe the world was wanked into being, Susan pointed out, quite reasonably. Hey, don't be dissing me, girlfriend. I read your creation story. It's stupid. What's stupid about it? God creates the world in seven days and at no point does he start playing with himself. Yes, but then he puts the humans in the Garden of Eden and he tells them to be all naked and shit. Yes, and? But then a tree tells them they should wear clothes. The fruit of a tree, yes. And they decide to listen to the tree. That's pretty stupid. If I had conflicting messages from God and a tree, I would not listen to the tree. I would listen to God. Susan was about to thump the space wizard for being a smug git when, without warning or obvious cause, he made a scared little whimpering sound and put out a hand to steady himself by grabbing Susan's head. What's wrong? she asked. Something happened, he said. Something big. A wish. Someone made a horrifying wish. Wow. How do you know? Yeah, how does he know? I felt it. I felt a great disturbance in my space wizard hat. As if... Sixty-six million voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I fear something terrible has happened to France. <laughs> the space wizard picked up his space wizard bag and space wizard lunchbox. I'm going to France, he said, and ran off to France. Was well, this in the past then? And um, that's Gret's, uh, yeah, that's Gret's funeral. So that's basically Gret died just after he opened the, the oh, sarcophagus, right, yeah, yeah, and then his yeah, funeral yeah. shortly afterwards. So that, yeah, yeah. and then France, France has just vanished, and the space wizard felt it in his space wizard he did, hat. Did he felt in his space wizard hat? So he's run off to see what happened. 
because the time the time issue is always funny because I was thinking you know uh, that Gret Benchley just died and I just assumed I'd forgotten everything that happened in my chapter basically and, and <laughs> yeah. I thought that like it was just moving in a linear manner and I was like oh yeah. France something's happened to France so therefore <laughs> it must have come back <laughs> like after it disappeared yeah. in my last chapter oh no right I understand mm. now yeah no that was um, this is uh, the same timeline as your chapter or, mm. or that part was. Um, because it's immediate. Basically, that continued from the end of chapter six because you yeah. didn't. Mm. Where you said no one knew what had happened when Gret Binchleaf opened the sarcophagus. Well, yeah. now now we know. Now we know. And Gret died. That's so what happened. So you knew then. So I'm gonna have to go back um, and, and change, change my it chapter. Rufus knew what Rufus happened. Knew. <laughs> yeah. And would tell you next week. Yeah. Uh, and so because he died, then he had a funeral. That's nice. it. And then, oh, and while at the funeral, someone wished that France wasn't there anymore, mm. and the space wizard, being French, felt it in his space wizard yeah. hat. But um, how's he going to go there if it doesn't exist? Well, he's going to go there and find it's not there. He yeah. doesn't know. You can't go to a place and find it's not there. <laughs> you can. Because you can't go there. Yeah, but he's going to go where it used to be, whatever's there now. Big big bit of sea, probably. Or a lot more Spain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Approximately a thousand years later. That is, if you don't mind approximations having a 997-year margin of error, because actually it was three years later, the Space Wizard and Space Wizard Meredith and Susan Cheesinabag and Inuku were all in Croydon hoping to rub the genie and jizz out his last wish. Mm. Okay, so now we're picking up from the end of your chapter. Yeah, brilliant. First one to rub the genie wins, yelled Susan. Charge! <laughs> can't remember how she said that. I, I thought I should listen, but then I thought, no, no I shouldn't. No, it was better because you, put the, you rolled your arse. Okay. All right, so first one, to, first one to rub the genie wins, yelled Susan. Charge! <laughs> they all began to run towards the genie, except Susan, who had a sheet covering her eyes and so ran off in completely the wrong direction. The genie sighed, raised one hand, and everybody froze. I I can't move, shouted Susan from wherever she'd run off to. The genie side? Yeah. What's the genie side? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a weird random noun phrase. (laughs) Meanwhile, on the genie side. No, it was a whole sentence. I was thinking of the word genocide as well, so the genie side. The no, genie side. Yeah, the genie side is yet to happen. No, well, no, his no, side, because like you know, the, uh, the side of the genies, but there's only a genie on the genie <laughs> side. So okay, yeah, the genie side. Yeah, the yeah. genie side had a hand. Yeah. yeah. So um, on the genie side, the genie side. <laughs> <laughs> I committed genie side. <laughs> yeah, on a load of genies who yeah. were sighing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll read that sentence again. Now you understand how how right. verbs work. Yeah. <laughs> It's your fault because you didn't you, you didn't you didn't put a comma after it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Not be a comma after, after between the sub. One rule of commas is don't separate subjects and verbs with a comma. I don't know what subjects and verbs <clears> are, but you should definitely use commas. Okay, I will next time. Uh, All right, here we go with a comma. The genie sighed. No, after sighed. <laughs> well, it's a full stop after sighed. Yeah, the genie sighed. Oh no, it is. No, it is a comma. No, I'm looking, no it, there is a comma. The genie sighed. You didn't say comma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, here we go. I'll, I'll read it. see this. I'll read know. it properly. This. Oh, yeah, but that's what pauses do, isn't it? That's what intonation does. The genie sighed, comma, raised one hand, and everybody froze. I, I can't move, shouted Susan from wherever she'd run off to. He's frozen time, cried Inuku, the crabbing idiot. The genie took a cigar from the inside pocket of his trench coat and lit it because that's what you do with cigars. There's no point taking out a cigar and rubbing it. Who does that? No one. And especially not a genie. Genies don't rub things. Genies get rubbed by things. Mm. And then wishes come out. (laughs) The genie puffed on the cigar and his hat meowed. 
forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it with you people. Had it up to the cat. You're all so selfish. One guy wants to live forever. Another wants to be king. Someone else wants his dog not to have cancer. That doesn't sound very selfish, Space Wizard <laughs> Meredith observed. Sure it is. It's his dog. If he wanted to be selfless, he'd wish for someone else's dog not to have cancer. Everybody's wishing for themselves or the people they care about. Oh, save my wife. I can't live without her. What about the Sumatran tiger? There's less than 400 left in the world. You know how many people wanted to use their wishes to save the Sumatran tiger? How many? asked Susan. Well, one did. That's all it takes, to be honest. He wished they wouldn't go extinct. He'd always wanted to see a Sumatran tiger. And he was... Again, Australian. He'd always wanted to see a Sumatran tiger. And was worried he'd never get to. You see, selfish. Did he get to see the tiger? No. Why not? What happened to him? He was shot. In Sumatra. By a tiger. He wished for them not to go extinct, so I made them immortal and gave them guns. <laughs> you know who's endangered now? Sumatran people! There's only three left! <laughs> the genie flicked up the collars of his trench coat and blew a moody smoke ring, the Ooh. type with a frowny face in the middle. Yeah. He'd turned his poncho into a trench coat by magic, hoping that it would make him less conspicuous, but it hadn't worked, probably because he still had a cat on his head. Look at you guys, he continued, so voracious to fulfil your own tiny-ass desires, like you! He pointed at the space wizard. You want to bring France back and screw what the rest of the world wants. Hey man, that's a country of 66 million people you are jiving about. I'm trying to reverse a genocide. Genocide, not genie-side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's trying to reverse a genie-side. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you doing or sighing and shit. You're a genie, you shouldn't be sighing. Stop sighing. Um, genocide, yeah. For your own selfish reasons. You guys are so focused on yourselves you can't see the world falling apart around you. You might as well all wear a goddamn sheet on your head. Excuse me, I've got a very good reason for wearing this sheet on my head, Susan protested. Yeah, so the guy with the crabs can't find you. The guy who's standing just over there. There's more to it than that. What, some kind of half-assed feminist parable? And remind me a moment, Miss Cheese in a Bag. Why are you here? What's your plan for the last wish? I... what? Fuck off! <laughs> All you care about is bringing a man back to life. A man you only knew for an hour, but you've convinced yourself you're in love with. I never said I was in love with him, said Susan. I just miss him. Same thing. Point proven. You've been QED feeded. I don't think you understand. I, I don't know. What's QED feeded? QED. QED feeded. It's a combination of two things, you see. QED. Point proven. You've been defeated. So, I don't know what QED is. It's a boat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you've been defeated by a boat. Okay. It's, okay. it's what, what the genie's saying. Good. You've got a boat on your head and you're dead. <laughs> All right. Same thing. Point proven. You've been QED feeded. I don't think you understand. I couldn't stand Great Binchleaf. Mm. What the lubricated ass are you talking about? The truth is, I've never felt so good about myself, so vastly intelligent and capable, as I did when I was standing next to that great twit. I miss feeling so superior. That man is worth a hundred self-esteem seminars. I was planning to rent him out to people who need an ego boost. I'm going to make a fortune. My point still stands. If anything, wanting to drag a guy out of his grave so you've got someone to look down on is more selfish. Poor guy won't even catch a milky handshake out of the deal. The genie sniffed the warm Croydon air, but all he could smell were crabs, rats, and a space wizard who hadn't washed since the Bronze Age. 
And you, Inuku, almost as old as the world itself, and almost as smart as a spoon up a pig's ass. All you ever wanted was for people to love you. For anyone to love you. And for maybe just one person to say, hey, Inuku, thanks for making that crab go big. I really needed a big crab. You're a cool guy. Inuku didn't respond, but a single tear began to roll down his cheek. Like the last melon on the table at a how-quick-can-you-take-lots-of-melons-off-a-table competition. You guys could have had anything. Binchleaf gave everyone in the world a wish. Just think how cool you could have made the world if you'd worked together or had any sense at all. Now look at it. Flying camels and a desert in London. And that nun who wished for a massive flying pie and a thin friend. What the <laughs> fuck was that about? The genie was exhausted. He'd spent too many years granting wishes to idiots. And then even more years running away and hiding from idiots. He put his hand to his throbbing temples and rubbed them gently. What's the point? He said quietly. Seriously, what's the goddamn point? I wish Gred Binchleaf had never let me out of that sarcophagus in the first place. Reality flickered and crunched, like the world was an old movie covered in crisps. The desert dunes of deepest Croydon blinked on and off in a way that London suburbs rarely do, and a sound like a hundred thousand disappointed Italians filled the air. What the tits? came the space wizard's voice. A frown bummed its way onto the genie's brow. <laughs> Brilliant. The thing about that sentence is that originally, <laughs> that's like the last thing I wrote, and it's like the laziest thing I wrote, but it, it also made me laugh a lot. Because the reason I, I, I wrote a frown flickered its way onto the... Mm. or No, a frown flickered onto the genie's brow, but I'd, recent, I'd used the word flickered twice. Yeah. So I was like, what other word can I use? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, hey, hang on. A frown bummed its way onto the genie's brow as around him the world started to change. It's a good the, job uh, that I cut the line from my chapter which said that the genie couldn't, couldn't make, um, have wishes granted to yeah, yeah. himself. Well, if, if you'd done that, then my chapter would have been very different, obviously. Mm. Uh, I, I, did. I did, I cut it out because I thought, well, fuck it. Yeah, I better do. Okay, what the tits, came the space wizard's voice. A frown bummed its way onto the genie's brow as around him the world started to change. The camel vanished, the sandy plains at their feet morphed into asphalt and concrete, and the genie's cat turned back into a hat. Tramlines, buses and shop fronts leapt back into existence, and the sun vanished behind a rain cloud. The genie fell to his knees and whimpered. No, he said. I'm a fucking genie. I don't get a wish. Oh, but you do. They have trams in Croydon. Yeah. Weird. Oh, but you do, said Space Wizard Meredith, able to move again and walking towards him. Gret wished for everyone to have a wish. Even you, genie. So you see, it wouldn't have mattered after all if you'd said he didn't have a wishes because Gret wished him to have a wish. Crap a doodle fuck, said the genie and slumped forward. His cigar rolled away, sadly, and a blob of slimy green stuff came out of his nose and started floating up into the sky. He is dead, said Captain Obvious the Space Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> What's that big bogey coming out of him? <laughs> Asked Susan. See, snot and bogey, they're the, bit, the two bits you've laughed at most, I'm sure. That's I'm, his... I'm, I'm laughing more at your enjoyment of, your, <laughs> of yourself. Though. Yeah, no, I do like I do like what the line. What's that big? Why is he game? dead though? I thought he just wished that none of it had happened. So we'll, surely we'll he's see. alive inside a box again, isn't we'll he? See. In we'll see. We'll see. We'll find. Okay. Don't worry, okay. we will find out. It's uh, it's okay. It's not okay. It is. That's his essence. All us magic people have one. It's like your soul, but better because ours actually exists. The magic life left the genie's magic body and went to magic heaven. And the genie's corpse crumbled away into dust. Here, said Gret Binchleaf, where did I come from? 
Standing there, right where the genie had fallen, was a big, naked, confused man, wearing the kind of expression that suggested you probably shouldn't throw him a surprise pie party. Gret, is that you? Oh, I've missed you so much these past three years. It just wasn't the same hanging out with a big army of rats in a sewer. I didn't feel nearly as superior to them. So, we're probably on for a bit of pumpy squidge sausage later, Gret smiled. Susan laughed. I wouldn't have sex with you if you were someone else, she said. <laughs> Which Gret took to mean she was a nun. Well, if no one's going to have sex on me, I suppose I'd better get dressed. Gret looked down at the genie's clothes, lying empty and covered in dead genie dust at his feet. He picked up the trench coat and pulled it on. And, being a magic trench coat, it fit him perfectly. He reached down for the green fedora, which until very recently had been called Nathaniel Mewing Paws, and flipped it stylishly onto his head. Then he looked at his reflection in the shop window and smiled appreciatively. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think, he said. I think this is a pretty good look for me. I also think I should start telling people what I think more often. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon? It's a nice coat, Gret, Space Wizard Meredith agreed. It would look even better if you put some pants on. <laughs> One step at a time, Space Wizard Meredith. All good things come to those who Gret. That was almost the chapter title. <laughs> and it should end there, and that's it. That's this, the whole book ended, and we don't need to worry. No, there's still a page to go. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, doesn't, I don't have to write a chapter, do I? Well, um, you've forgotten that there's another character still there who hasn't spoken for a while. Yeah, no, I haven't forgotten about him. I okay, just thought well, if, we, if we ended it now and he wouldn't, he didn't speak, then um, then then I don't have to write a chapter. Well, Hooray! you would, because then you, you have to write the long, short story that's going to be even more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you want to hope it doesn't end there. <sighs> what the abject fuck is he doing here? Spat Inuku, finally able to speak through his crippling horror at seeing his long-dead adversary standing up and walking about the place. Hey, man, said the space wizard. Don't build a shockery rockery. The genie undid all his magic since he came out of the sarcophagus, so he didn't kill Gret. So Gret's here. It's not that complicated, Inuku. But wait, what about Jimberly? Look at her. She's not moving. Is she dead or not? I'm no good with human biology. Inuku prodded what remained of Jimberly with his foot. She didn't turn into a chair, which was a bad sign. There's an easy test to see if a human is dead explained the space wizard. You have to get a big knife and cut her head off. <laughs> then, if she doesn't die, it means she's already dead. She hasn't got a head, Inuku cried. It's been eaten off by rats. She's totally dead then. She couldn't be more dead if she changed her name to Jimba Dead and started wearing a t-shirt with I am a dead written on it. <laughs> but why? Why didn't she come back as well as Binchleaf? Well, she wasn't killed by magic, was she? She was eaten by a load of rats for some reason, Susan explained innocently. You mean Greta Titi is alive and my beloved Jimberly is dead? This is so unfair! Uh, you see, I didn't want to um, just completely reset everything, so I thought I should allow Jimberly to be dead after yeah. you killed her. And so I only really brought Gret back after I killed him. Good. Um, blah, blah. You mean Greta Titi is alive and my beloved Jimberly is dead? This is so unfair! Yeah, dude. And the genie, too. He cast his last wish. He's all dead and shit. But he can't be all dead and shit. I need him for my spell. Inuku fell to the ground and began frantically searching through the pile of dust and clothes, as if he expected to find the genie hiding under a grain of himself. He's gone, wailed Inuku. My five and a half thousand year plan foiled. I'll never make another crab go big ever again. My whole reason for existing. I've never been so angry. Inuku's entire head had turned red, so that he looked like a big tomato with a nose. 
He was as red as he had once been, thought Gret, when he'd had the body of an orc and the head of a sunfish, back in the old days of ancient Egypt, when he'd still been able to make crabs go big. Now Inuku was standing there, trembling like a vibrating dildo with Parkinson's during an earthquake, and steam was coming out of his ears. Five and a half thousand years, he stammered. The others were starting to look a bit nervous now. Inuku was proper losing it, and you never know when an otherwise sane, crab-biggening god is going to pull out a machete and start slicing you into chips. Gret looked over at Inuku's army of 311 small to medium-sized crabs and noticed that they didn't seem as far away as they had a moment ago. Were they advancing? Should he be scared of an army of regular-sized crabs? Or would he be able to just step on them, or maybe eat them? He wondered if he had time. <laughs> <laughs> he wondered if he had time to go to the supermarket and get some seafood dip. Hey dudes, said the space wizard, what the cock is going on with those crabs? They all stared. There was no mistaking it now. All 311 of Inuku's crabs were going big. Hooray! They're going big, screamed Susan. <laughs> the crabs are going big, which kind of suggests that she'd had a peek from under her sheet when no one was looking. <laughs> Gret, Susan, Despacey Wizra and Space Wizard Meredith all began nervously to back away. The crabs were already the size of armchairs and they were still growing. Well, Susan, said Gret, it looks like this is it. Are you sure you don't want a quick go on me before we get eaten by crabs? I can be quick. Inuku was laughing in his strange, evil, unique way that was so familiar that it didn't need to be recounted here. <laughs> The crabs were the size of garden sheds now, but garden sheds with lots of legs and gigantic deadly pincers, which most garden sheds do not have. No thanks, Gret, said Susan. I think I'll just opt for death. They were cornered, but in a corner made of crabs, so maybe they were surrounded. <laughs> surrounded by crabs that had finally, and honestly, gone big. The two space wizards, Susan Cheesenabag and Gret Binchleaf, looked at each other hopelessly. It seemed this really was the end. There was no chance of escape. They were all going to die. Definitely. There was absolutely no way out this time. Not a flipping chance in heck. Hang on, said Gret Binchleaf. What's that? <laughs> what will Inuku do with his rekindled power to make crabs go big? Will he make crabs go big? <laughs> <laughs> or is there some secret second stage to his plan? What happened to that army of talking rats? Are they still there, or did they go back to live in the sewer? And how will Gret and the others escape the 311 crabs that have gone big? Find out in the next brain-crippling chapter of Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs that have gone big. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gret Binchleaf on The Worst Writer in the World. If you would like more Gret Binchleaf, <laughs> then you can get several other books for just two dollars by signing up to the secret bargain. gang at Patreon <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash man by cow. For example, the adventure of the glow in the dark chickens. Mm -hmm. And in a moment, Howard, I'm yep. gonna play a trailer for that, but people should be aware that it is not the same trailer that we played on the last episode. What? It's an entire... Well, what are you remember how I said... What are you doing? Oh, you just play the same thing every week. It's easy. It's an advert. I know, Don't but do remember a how new I said... every week. Yeah, go on. What did you say? But you remember how I said I was... One of the reasons for making these trailers is to include extracts which are then referred to in later chapters.
chapters or books of Great Binchleaf. No, of so course I don't remember be that because I don't listen to these rubbish adverts at the end. I'm like everyone else. I've turned off by now. But you should because oh. they're not just adverts. Really? They're also full of entertaining oh. extracts and they are here to set up jokes coming later. Yes, right? that's so right. So if you decide if you decide not to join the secret gang and not to listen to those brilliant other audiobooks, yeah. that's okay. You'll still get jokes in the future. Yes, so long as you do this sexy homework. That's what we're calling it. It's not regular homework. <laughs> Sexy homework. If you do it now, you will enjoy the future much better. Yeah, it's like getting better at sex by having lots of sex. (laughs) Right? You you are practising, but you're also enjoying yourself. I'm confused now. That's not what happens with me. I get worse every go. (laughs) I'm just guessing. I mean, I've never had sex. No, no, confusing. It sounds sounds disgusting, quite Mm. frankly. All right, let's listen to the trailer, shall we? <laughs> yes, please. Greg Binchley from The Adventure of the Glow-in-the-Dark Chickens is available now from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. Where are your parents? Asked Billy. My dad's gone on holiday, Henrietta explained. I wanted to go with him, but he said no, because I'm too big to fit in the suitcase now. Oh. What about your mum? She went to live on a farm a couple of years ago. <laughs> That's what dad says anyway, but she never comes to visit or telephones. My dog went to live on a farm... And my goldfish. (laughs) Do goldfish live on farms? (laughs) My mum says they live in the fields with the cows and climb the trees. Hey, maybe they don't have phones on farms because Floaty the goldfish never calls me either. (laughs) It was around that time that Henrietta realised that Billy was a thicko. (laughs) Brett spends ten years in the magical storybook land of underspace and faces many terrifying foes. The Goblin King had done this to send him a message. Now, said Gret Binchleaf grimly, it's personal. Binchleaf! La 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 Ping! What are you doing? Gret Binchleaf looked down in annoyance at the little snub-nosed show-off. I'm doing my theme tune, he said. Your theme tune? Yeah, sometimes I like to do my theme tune after I've said something particularly dramatic. You've messed it up now. This is exactly the type of behaviour that forced me to send Dick to that farm. But who is the chosen one? Is it Gret or plucky child hero Henrietta? One coming day, the cause unknown, a goblin king will take the throne. And then, when glue has trapped the sun, there shall arrive a chosen one. And he or she will kill the king using a special magic thing. And then probably go back home or something. I don't bleeding know. And the chosen one's name shall be... Find out in Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Glow-in-the-Dark Chickens. Available now for just $2 from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. You're here to slay the major Well, supposedly, yes. But I had a look at Joseph Campbell's classic story structure earlier, and there's a bit in there called The Refusal of the Call to Adventure, so uh, I was thinking of focusing on that. (laughs) 